Welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and this is my sixth episode of the quarantine version of my show. And so we're into week six now, and I do have a little bit of an announcement to make as far as my show format. Starting next week, I'm going to be changing it up because I will no longer have my final section, which is my movie slash TV show recommendation. This will be my last week for doing that with my live sports section now becoming a much larger and important piece of my show. So without further ado, I will get started though on my COVID-19 sports news section and thankfully this section is also getting smaller and no longer as long as it has been over the last few weeks but still a lot of news over the last week that was i want to make something very clear about the stuff i'm talking about today because it is i mean all the stuff i talk about is very date and time sensitive but today it's monday june 22nd at about 2 30 p.m is when i'm recording this so if things change then you know, post the time it is right now, then obviously I won't be able to talk about it until next week. But Monday, June 22nd, 2.30 p.m. I'm trying to be very time sensitive because a lot of this news is very time sensitive and could change within an hour or within days. So just keep that in mind. Anyway, the NHL has apparently narrowed down their hub city selections to six different options according to different people with insider knowledge inside the NHL. Chris Johnson of Sportsnet even said that there is some consideration that the NHL is having for having both hub cities in Canada, which is what I've been petitioning the whole time. And I realize that I am very biased in this, but in my opinion, if you look at accommodations and more importantly, COVID-19 active case numbers and the way the virus is being managed, I don't see any reason why Edmonton and Vancouver shouldn't be the options to host the NHL return to play tournament. So that's just my personal opinion. I hope the NHL certainly will make a choice in favor of public safety and go somewhere in Canada, specifically probably Edmonton, Vancouver, but of course they are still considering some American locations despite the huge rapid rise in COVID-19 cases in the United States. Speaking of which, on to my next little news update. Florida is becoming a problem for the NBA and the MLS. So the MLS's return to play tournament is supposed to kick off July 8th. The NBA is supposed to start July 31st, both in Orlando. The NHL doesn't have a location yet, and it doesn't really have a date yet to return, but most people do think it's sometime in August. And so in that sense, they're a little bit separate. But as far as the COVID-19 situation in the, in the U.S., it's a problem in Florida. They have seen huge surges in case numbers. In fact, they had more case numbers in a single day over the last week than Canada had in like a week. So it is not going well right now for that state. 
a lot of it has to do with the government down there not taking the virus very seriously. And I know that, you know, for most NBA and MLS players, like these are professional athletes who are young and healthy. And so you'd think that they would be a lot safer as far as, you know, repercussions from potentially getting the virus. But I think it's important to remember a few things. And the biggest one being hospital capacity. And this is, I think, the biggest reason why if I'm one of these leagues, if I'm the NBA or the MLS, I think I have to start considering moving where you're going to play. Because, and so this is on the PBS and NPR for Southwest Florida on their website, but so the state's dashboard in Florida, I guess is not 100% accurate, but I'll explain what I mean. So apparently the state's dashboard for hospital capacity said that only about 15% of the intensive care beds were still available as of Friday. Now, the da- now it's important to note the dashboard isn't 100% accurate because, as the article does explain as well, in almost all cases, the actual maximum capacity of hospitals is a lot greater when they add more staff and they have more places because a lot of the beds that aren't used are placed as inactive and so they don't really count to the grand total. But despite that, I think it shows a very worrying trend that, you know, if that's the situation today, June 22nd, where, you know, you have a lot of the a lot of the hospitals starting to, you know, slowly run out of space, what's the situation going to be like July 8th? What's it going to be July 20th? And I think those are real causes for concern if you have a hospital system potentially on the verge of being overrun, just like New York's was in, you know, a few weeks time. And so something to keep an eye on, but not great news for basketball and Major League Soccer. And I have breaking news today, wish I didn't have to mention this, but big news important and unfortunately very sad but so the national women's soccer league is supposed to come back this weekend and it sounds like they're still going to but minus one team the orlando pride have backed out of the tournament because of several positive covid19 cases and they will not be traveling to utah for the tournament incredibly sad news first of all to all the The players and staff members that have tested positive, I hope, I wish them a speedy recovery as fast as possible. I hope that they are all in the mild symptom category for sure. But obviously, this is a huge blow to sports returning, I think, in general in like the United States. And also, I think it's a big blow to the National Women's Soccer League because the way that their tournament was supposed to work for this weekend is that you had a group stage, essentially, of the nine teams, and then you went into a knockout round for the last eight. So only one team kind of got eliminated. So group stage wasn't really that important other than maybe seeding. But this is significant. You have an entire team here backing out of this tournament a week before it's supposed to start. So this is an ongoing story. Something to keep an eye on, but something I thought I would mention. Not great news there. 
But, on to good news. The UEFA Champions League has a return date. I actually didn't... To be honest, I was very skeptical that the UEFA Champions League would be able to return at all, considering that you have teams playing from across Europe, and I had no idea how they were going to finish it, especially with some leagues just not opting to return. The French League, for example, canceled the rest of their season, and so PSG and Lyon are like sitting in limbo where it's like, well, they don't have actual games to play. But the Champions League has decided to come back in August. August 7th and August 8th will be the round of 16 second legs for the ones who didn't get to finish. And then the quarterfinals would be on Wednesday, August 12th, with the semifinals starting the following week on the 18th of August, and the Champions League finals slated for Sunday, August 23rd. Every single game would be played in Lisbon, so there is no home field advantage. These would all also be, very important to note, single leg eliminations. Normally the Champions League is two, ga is two games in an aggregate, but... It's a single game elimination. And so I'm not sure how legitimate that, like, I don't like the word asterisks on a lot of this stuff. And even for the Champions League, I don't like using the word asterisks. But if you're gonna, you know, point out that a champion this year might not mean the same thing as Liverpool from a year ago or Real Madrid from the year before. Because having single game eliminations in you know, a tournament that's normally designed with two legs, not to mention the round of 16, it's a complete mess, and the French team's having a huge disadvantage. Again, a lot to, a lot to be determined. But it is exciting that it, it will have some kind of conclusion. There will be a European champion this year. I'm not sure if you can put as much stock into the champion this year compared to other years, but they will still rightfully have won the tournament. It's just, obviously, you know, we're never ever going to have a perfect solution. And sadly, there's a lot of un, there's a lot of imperfect things about the Champions League coming back. But it is still good news, I think, overall. And that's the end of my COVID-19 sports news. On to my live sports. I have a lot because all of the major leagues, again, apart from France in Europe, have come back. Serie A has only recently started playing games again. The Coppa Italia, though, their cup competition, did come to an end on Saturday. With, sorry, excuse me, on Wednesday with Juventus and Napoli squaring off in the final. And it was a good old-fashioned upset as Napoli defeated Juventus in penalties. The game was 0-0. If I'm honest, I think Napoli actually had the better chances in the game. But Juventus defended really well. And game went to the shootout. Danilo skied his penalty over the crossbar. Dybala had his saved. And Cristiano Ronaldo, who often... Ronaldo pretty much always takes the fifth shot for his team in shootouts. Which I respect, because the fifth shot is the most pressure-filled situation. The problem becomes, though... If your team shoots second and you're the fifth shot, you might not get to shoot. And so there's kind of that debate around, you know, where do you put your best penalty takers? I like putting best penalty takers fifth, but of course, you know, there is the argument on the other side of that. Nonetheless, Juventus 
lost Napoli winning their first trophy since 2014. And so good on them. Napoli's a club that doesn't win a lot of trophies, but they have played some tremendous football over the last few seasons. And so it's nice to see them getting a little reward. Like I said, though, the Serie A came back on Saturday with a few games. The notable one, I guess, for European places, Inter Milan beating Sampdoria 2-1, Atalanta beating Sassuolo 4-1 on the Saturday. On su sorry, uh, today, uh, Juventus is playing Bologna right now. They currently lead 2-0 as that game is in halftime. Milan leading Lech. Oh, sorry, Milan beat defeated Lesh today, 4-1. And Fiorentina and Brescia had a 1-1 tie. And then Lazio plays on Wednesday against Atalanta in a big game for the title race. Juventus currently sit one point ahead of Lazio in the quest to try and win another Scudetto in Italy. The Bundesliga is almost done. It's on to its last match day, as every team has now played 33 games. And so Bayern Munich unsurprisingly won the title mathematically this past week and so they lifted their eighth straight Bundesliga title. Borussia Dortmund defeated RB Leipzig on the weekend to secure second place in the league and Leipzig even though they haven't mathematically clinched third place are very likely to get it and they could not drop any lower than fourth unless and this is very true so goal difference wise Leipzig has a plus 43 goal difference. And Bayer Leverkusen, who's in 5th, has a plus 16 goal difference. So in order for Leipzig to finish in 5th place, Bayer Leverkusen would need to win by over 25 goals. So, that's not going to happen because that never happens in this sport at the professional level. So, RB Leipzig comfortably in a Champions League place. And so the real intrigue in the Bundesliga are in two places heading into the final match day. At the bottom of the table, Werder Bremen has 28 points and Fortuna Dusseldorf has 30. These two teams are 17th and 16th place respectively and it'll be an all-out fight to try and salvage something out of their season. Fortuna Dusseldorf play Union Berlin on the final match day and Werder Bremen play FC Cologne. On the final match day and the reason why this is significant is because the team who finishes in 16th place will get to play a playoff to try and stay in the Bundesliga versus the team who finishes in 17th is automatically relegated to the second division so Fortuna and Werder Bremen basically have everything to play for FC Cologne and Union Berlin are on the lower half of the table so they are very winnable games and both teams will need a win this coming this upcoming match day and then finally of course Borussia Mönchengladbach and Bayer Leverkusen Mönchengladbach is fourth place and Bayer Leverkusen as I mentioned is fifth place Mönchengladbach has 62 points Leverkusen has 60 and Mönchengladbach also has the goal difference advantage so in order for Bayer Leverkusen to get into a Champions League place they need a win and a Mönchengladbach loss and Mönchengladbach just need a draw realistically, although a win would also get them into the fourth position and a spot in next year's UEFA Champions League. Mönchengladbach play Hertha Berlin and Leverkusen play FC Mainz. So 
everything to play for for fourth and everything to play for for 16th in the Bundesliga race. Congratulations again to Bayern Munich, to Alfonso Davies, and that entire team. It looked like there might be a really good Bundesliga race going on this season, but Bayern Munich just have an insane amount of quality in their team, and I hope that we'll see a different German champion eventually here, because it's been a while. It was Jurgen Klopp's Dortmund were the last team to win that weren't Bayern, but as long as Bayern Munich continue to nurture this unbelievable group of talented players they have, it's going to be very difficult to see anything otherwise. All right, moving on to La Liga, where we had a massive move in the table as Barcelona were the first team to slip up in the title race. They drew nil-nil with Sevilla on Friday, which means that Real Madrid, with their win over Real Sociedad, are now first place on goal difference over Barcelona. Both teams sitting at the top of the La Liga charts with 65 points each. And yeah, it's going to be a very, very close race all the way down to the wire. Real Madrid-Barcelona level on points. Plenty of matches to come. Barcelona, though, just not, not dynamic enough against Sevilla. And I think when I look at Barcelona and Real Madrid, what's going to be really, really important is their squad depth because Barcelona is a lot more top-heavy where they have a lot... I think Barcelona has better players than Real Madrid does, but Real Madrid has a better squad. So Barcelona... They are very talented, but outside of their best players, there's a big drop-off. And Real Madrid, I think, have a more balanced, more well-rounded team, especially now that they've gotten a lot of their players back from injury, while Barcelona, Usman Dembele, still out for them after he suffered his season-ending injury. So, a lot to play for. Both of these teams, neck and neck. Tomorrow, Barcelona play Athletic Bilbao which is going to be a huge game, very, very difficult game. Bilbao, very strong squad, so they'll have to try and pick up the points there. Real Madrid get Mallorca on Wednesday, and then Barcelona get Celta Vigo on Saturday, and Real Madrid get Espanyol on Sunday. So, very important title race to keep an eye on. And finally, the return of the Premier League is back, and the return of Arsenal being terrible is also back and I say that with as much enthusiasm as I can get because Arsenal have been the worst team since returning back from the quarantine break they lost three nothing to Manchester City which I mean is the most expected result maybe possible in the league right now especially considering that earlier in the year with fans Arsenal lost three nothing and now, with no fans, Arsenal still lost 3 to nothing. It's just they're nowhere near as good as Man City. And then on the weekend, things went from bad to worse as they lost to Brighton on a last-minute winner and lost uh, goalkeeper Leno in the process, who potentially has a year-long injury. And I feel awful for Leno, but... Arsenal are a team in crisis. This is a team that 
I don't see much direction with them. Like, I feel bad for Mikel Arteta, who has basically inherited a squad of huge problems, huge gaps, and, like, Arsenal need an entire new defense to some degree. They need an entire new midfield to some degree. And their forward group is talented, but doesn't mesh well because they basically bought square picks for round holes. Arsenal might be the most unsavable team out of all the big clubs right now. The job to fix them is next to impossible. and Like, without proper spending, which they're not going to get from their ownership. So, yeah, not great. But anyway, I'll move on. Arsenal aren't we're the only team to play. Like I said, the return on Wednesday, Aston Villa-Sheffield was the other match. That ended nil-nil, although this game was really, really intriguing because... Like, intriguing for bad reasons, I should say. Because Aston Villa and Sheffield is the first game ever that goal line technology didn't work. And if you don't believe me, you can go look up the pictures. But... The ball crossed the line. Sheffield United scored. But the watch... So, the way the goal line technology works in soccer is that the referee wears a watch. And when the ball crosses the line, the watch buzzes. And so the referee knows, okay, the ball crossed the line, I give it a goal. Or the ball didn't cross the line, I don't give it a goal. The goal line technology did not work. For the first time ever since it's been implemented, it just didn't work. And apparently it was some crazy, like, 1 in 6,000 chance that somehow the technology was essentially blocked from seeing the ball. I don't know how that happens, and I don't know why video assistant referee isn't there as a backup, but there we are. Sheffield got robbed out of a couple points there, which is a little upsetting. It was a good point for Villa, though, who are fighting for their lives trying to stay up right now. Norwich City are almost certain to go down with their opening loss to Southampton. Tottenham played Man United to a 1-1 draw. United actually low-key might be the best team coming out of this quarantine break. And that's because they get Paul Pogba back. And Pogba and Bruno Fernandes, and I know it was just like 20 minutes against Tottenham. But the two of them look really good in midfield together. United still has some squad problems. And I'm not sure if they'll be in a Champions League place this season. But low-key, United might have a pretty good future in front of it if they can hold on to Pogba and Bruno Fernandes. Meanwhile, some other notables. Watford and Leicester City. Now, this game didn't have a lot going on until... If you haven't watched this game, just watch the last, like, seven minutes. Because Leicester City scored a brilliant goal where... Chilwell, their left back, smacked the ball perfectly off the post, in the net, in the top corner. Absolutely perfect shot. And then Watford answered with a Craig Dawson bicycle kick inside the box to tie it 1-1. Beautiful, beautiful goals. And so that game was really fun to keep an eye on. Wolves came back really strong in their win. Chelsea, thanks to... Some performances off their bench did pretty well in coming back and beating Villa in their first game back. And Liverpool, the soon-to-be Premier League champions, looked really rusty against Everton in a 0-0 draw. So Liverpool's official title ceremony will have to wait a little bit longer. But that's it for 
my live sports update onto my movie slash TV show recommendation. So this is, like I said, my last week that I'll be doing this with my live sports section now becoming a lot larger, a lot more things to talk about. And so this is my little recap. This is my list of the shows and movies I've recommended since I started my show up again here in the spring. So there's the show Upload that came out, pretty brand new, very good one. Kim's Convenience, the Pitch Meeting series on YouTube, Tom and Grant, the short film, The Damned United, and my last one is going to be a, another YouTube series. This is from JK Studios, but it's called Freelancers. Now, this is a show that I really like because it's one of these shows that knows it's ridiculous and is over the top on purpose. And so if you're looking for something really lighthearted that doesn't take itself seriously at all, it's really funny because it basically follows these friends who are, you know, a video production company and yeah, they're really over the top and, you know, a little bit crazy, the characters, but it's kind of a fun show, kind of a, you know, doesn't really, doesn't take itself too seriously type of show. And so that's my last one is Freelancers. And so those are just my recommendations, stuff I've found a little bit under the radar that if you're looking for something to watch, I think they are all good choices. But again, there's always lots of great content to find all around with, I mean, countless different streaming services and different, you know, YouTube series and all that. And so there's always lots of ways to find great shows and movies to find. And so that's it. That's all I got. I want to thank everybody for listening in today to my show. And remember, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe, everyone.